The following audio is from Grace City Church in San Diego, California. More information about Grace City Church is available at gracecitysd.com. The apostles returned to Jesus and told him all that they had done and taught. And he said to them, Come away by yourselves to a desolate place and rest a while. For many were coming and going, and they had no leisure even to eat. And they went away in the boat to a desolate place by themselves. Now many saw them going and recognized them, and they ran there on foot from all the towns and got there ahead of them. When he went ashore, he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion on them, because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. And when it grew late, his disciples came to him and said, This is a desolate place, and the hour is now late. Send them away to go into the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. But he answered them, You give them something to eat. And they said to him, Shall we go and buy 200 denarii worth of bread and give it to them to eat? And he said to them, How many loaves do you have? Go and see. And when they had found out, they said, Five and two fish. Then he commanded them all to sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in groups by hundreds and by fifties. And taking the five loaves and the two fish, He looked up to heaven and said a blessing and broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples to set before the people. And he divided the two fish among them all and they all ate and were satisfied. And he took up 12 baskets full of broken pieces and of the fish. And those who ate the loaves were 5,000 men. All right, let us pray together. Lord, uh, we are in awe of what you're doing around the world. Um, We are in awe of who you are and your heart your love for people, your love for justice, and for, for meeting the needs of the poor. And we thank you that as your church, you invite us into that. Lord, I just pray that our hearts would be aligned with yours. Lord, that if it's on anyone's heart today uh, to sponsor a child, Lord, that you would continue to speak through them throughout this service. Lord, I pray that we would have open hands and open hearts. pray that you'd speak through Randall today as he, as he teaches from your word. In your name we pray, amen. Amen. All right. Good morning. Compassion Sunday. All right. Yeah, this is a great Sunday. You know, for us as a church body, uh, I want us to think about this. Uh, We were a church plant that started in 2015. And by God's grace, we were able to help be a part of a church plant that started um, in Ecuador. And so we've been able to journey along with this church plant as they've been planted and now we are here. Um, and, and, you know, the thing that I, I love about Compassion, I was able to take a trip in 2015, um, really right right around the time we were going and and. and I, I, it just hit my heart about what God was doing there. And so I got to meet uh, some pastors there. Uh, as I was there, Pastor Felix and Pastor David. And, and so we were able to talk a little bit about what God was doing in Ecuador. And, and then being able to just say, you know what, we're going to make a decision. We're going to make a pact on what we're going to do uh, from this point. And so uh, me, along with some other pastors, said, you know what, we want to be a part of planting a church. And so this was the night that we came together and we said, you know, we are going to commit together to, to trust God that he's going to provide so that we can help plant this church out here in Ecuador. And God did. And so just us as a small little church, church plan, being able to come together and say, we're going to give $15,000 to help start this church. And the beauty of it is, as we grow and as they grow, um, our kids and our, and our families are able to see that too. And so uh, 
me and my family have two uh, children there that we sponsor in Ecuador, a little boy and a little girl. And, and the reason is, is because I want my kids to be able to see that, right? And so as we grow, we want to grow in our compassion. Um, but the question is, what is compassion? What is that? And so today we're going to be looking at Mark 6, 30 through 44. And the, the message is the compassion of Jesus. The compassion is of Jesus. Um, you know, the world, uh, I looked at the, this definition of what they say what compassion is, right? The definition of compassion. And here's the definition. The, the sympathetic pity and concern for the sufferings or misfortunes of others. And there's this debate, right? Like, what is uh, compassion truly? Is it, is it um, just a sympathy? Is it just I feel bad about the situation that, that people are in, that they're suffering, and so I feel bad inside about that? Or is compassion something more? Well, today we have to look at how does Jesus define compassion. And so that's our text from Mark 6, 30 through 44. And this passage of scripture is very important for the church because this is the feeding of the 5,000. It's, it's a miracle that happens. And it is mentioned in all four gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And so the frequency of this story shows that there's an importance to the account that happened here for the church. We need to learn something from this because helping the poor and hurting has always been a staple of God's church. You know, um, the Apostle Paul, God radically saves him in the book of Acts, and then he starts to preach the gospel. And, and, and one of the things that he does is he goes before the other apostles and he preaches the gospel to them. And he wanted to test to make sure that what he was saying was right. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Savior. He died for our sins. All of those things, theologically correct, but do you know what the apostle said to him after he, he shared that with him? It says this, that in Galatians 2.10, the apostle Paul says that they asked us to remember the poor. And the apostle Paul says it was the very thing we were eager to do. Right? We can have right theology, right biblical doctrine, all of these things. But if we don't have a heart to help the lost and to help those that Jesus has a heart for, then it doesn't match up. Right? gospel preaching, but also gospel response, good news response. And so what can we learn from the compassion of Jesus from today's text? Well, there are three parts to it, and I want to give you all three from today's text. It's number one, it's knowing that Jesus sees. Jesus sees. Number two, that Jesus empathizes. And number three, that Jesus responds. Right, as we think about compassion today, let our focus be on Jesus. And so number one, Jesus sees. Look at verses 30 through 34. It says, the apostles returned to Jesus and told him all that they had done and taught. And he said to them, come away by yourselves to a desolate place and rest a while. For many were coming and going and they had no leisure even to eat. <clears throat> and they went away in a boat to a desolate place by themselves now many saw them going and recognized them, and they ran there on foot from all the towns and got there ahead of them. When he went ashore, he saw a great crowd. Now, there are two 
things that are happening. First, we see that uh, Jesus' disciples had just done a lot of ministry. And so they were excited about that. They were telling that to Jesus. But Jesus says, you have to rest. And so we got to get away. And so he gets in the boat. He takes them away. But what happens is the crowd starts to follow them. The crowd sees them. And so as Jesus, in verse 34, along with his disciples, come ashore, I got it out there, ashore, uh, he saw a great crowd. Now here's what we need to know. Jesus, at this point, along with his disciples, were tired, they were hungry, and that is the state in which Jesus sees this crowd. Now, I don't know about you, but when I am tired and hungry and I see that there's more things to do, you know, they've invented a word for this. It's hangry. You get hangry when you see that there's more things to do on the list, but you're tired and you're hungry and you're at the end of yourself. See, what the Bible tells us and what the Bible should show us is this, that we are a lot more like the disciples who are struggling, stumbling along than we are like Jesus. See, Jesus is the hero. He's always the hero of the story. Because as Jesus is in this place of hunger and being tired and he sees the crowd, it says that he has compassion on them. Jesus is the hero. See, more than 65 years ago, Everett Swanson, who was a pastor, uh, he started Compassion International. But this is the story behind it. He flew from Chicago to South Korea to minister to American troops fighting in the Korean War. Now, during that time, he grew increasingly troubled by the sight of hundreds of orphans, uh, war orphans, living on the streets, abandoned by society. And one morning... He saw city uh, workers scooping up what looked like piles of rags and tossing them into the back of a truck. As he walked closer to the truck, he was horrified to see that these piles of rags were frozen bodies of orphans who had died overnight in the streets. See, God had to take him a little closer, though. Because, you know, from a distance you can see that. But, but what happened was he was out eating one day and his, he put his jacket on the back of his seat and there was a child who ran up, snatched his jacket and ran away. Well, Mr. Swanson ran after this child because that was his jacket. So he saw on a porch his jacket sitting there. And so what he did, he, he came up to it, he took the jacket and he found the little boy huddled with his little brother underneath this jacket. Swanson could not turn his back on these unwanted children and vowed to help them any way he could. You see, when Jesus sees even at the end of himself, it says that Jesus shows compassion. And as Jesus comes into our lives, he takes us to those places that we don't want to see. 
right? Because let's be honest, there are places that we want to avoid, we don't want to talk about because it's uncomfortable. I was talking with a friend recently who helps uh, children who are trafficked and he rescues them out of slavery. And I said, how do you go into those places? That's just got to be one of the scariest things. He says it is, but it's Jesus who takes me to those places. To see it, the hurting, the pain that people go through. See, here's the truth. Our only hope is that Jesus sees He sees the crowd. He sees the suffering. And he's willing to engage the hurting, the lonely, the lost, the messy places in this world and in our lives. See, Jesus doesn't run from those messy places even within our own hearts, those sinful places. Secondly, what we see is this, that Jesus empathizes. Verse uh, 34 into verse 37, and he had compassion on them because they were like sheep, without a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. And and when it grew late, his disciples came to him and said, this is a desolate place and and the hour is now late. Send them away to go into the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. But he answered them, you give them something to eat. And they said to him, shall we go and buy 200 denarii worth of bread and give it to them to eat? So verse 34 says that Jesus shows this compassion to the crowd. Now the word that's used for compassion is splognizomai. It's a long word. But, but here's what it is. It, it, this word should stick with us because what it means is that Jesus was moved to the deepest part of himself. It, they would use this term to their bowels, to their innermost parts. They were moved because in the bowels, in that deepest part was where that was the seat of love, of love. See, this is the deepest place of emotion that Jesus empathizes with the people. As he looks at people suffering, hurting, the crowd, he doesn't just see the crowd, but he sees the people in the crowd. See, what does Jesus see? Well, it says this, it says, They were like sheep without a shepherd. Like sheep without a shepherd. James Brooks says, instead of being angry with the people for for preventing the much needed rest, Jesus had compassion on them. The word compassion is used in the New Testament only by or about Jesus. That word splagnizomai is only used about Jesus. See, Jesus was moved deeply because of the lostness of the people he saw. And so how does Jesus have compassion on the people? Well, his first response is this, to teach them many things. To teach them many things. Matthew 4, 4 says, man shall not live by bread alone, but by the, every word that comes from the mouth of God. That God's word is important for our lives. You know, I talked with Eric, who's one of my friends. He's one of the directors at Compassion International. And the phrase for Compassion International for, for their, their tagline is this, rescuing children from poverty in Jesus' name. And he said, we've had many people that have come to us and said, you know, if you just removed the name Jesus, we would have sponsored you. We would have given you so much more money. Just all you had to do was remove the name Jesus. But he said, Jesus is the only reason that we're doing this. 
Jesus is the one that's shown us the compassion to go out and love the world. And so as a company, he said, we will never remove the name of Jesus because it's always about him. And see, the only way that we could get into Loha was that there was a church that was planted there because they worked through the local church. That's the thing I love about compassion so much is that the church and the message of Jesus is priority. Secondly, Jesus wanted to meet the physical needs. And so this is interesting. I love this interaction here. It says, when it grew late, the disciples, they're getting practical. This is a desolate place. We're out in a desert. There's a, the, the hour is now late. Send them away. Go into the surrounding countryside. Let them go buy something for themselves. But do you get Jesus' response here? This is so funny. He says in verse 37, you give them something to eat. Do something about it. Respond to it. Like you see that they have a need. Do something. And here's their response. Shall we go buy 200 denarii worth of bread and give it to them to eat? Here's the thing about the denarii. A denarii was about one day's wage. So it would have been 200 days wages that two-thirds, right, of my salary to go buy people something to eat today. Now, why did Jesus respond like this? Because he purposely places the disciples in this impossible situation. They're in this impossible situation. Why? So that they know the means to do this can only come from God. See, many times what we think is it's got to be me who accomplishes this. It's got to be me who figures out a solution. It's got to be me who fixes a problem. But what Jesus is saying is, no, I'm the only one who can do it. And so I'm just going to push you into this corner so you can see that it's only me who can provide. And what it does is also pulls out the excuses that we make for not showing compassion, right? The excuses are like, you know, I remember... My wife, before she was my wife, was like, hey, you got to go on a mission trip. you got to go see what's going on in the world and what God's doing. And so I remember every excuse in the book that I would use. I was like, you know, I just can't afford it. I was a college student. I'm just like, just can't, it's not going to make, I can't make this happen. And then, you know, by the end of the day, I ran out of excuses. And I went and God changed my life. Went to the poorest country in the Western Hemisphere, Haiti. It was just like, my mind was blown, right? The, the, but sometimes you got to be pushed into these situations where you know that it can't be on your strength, but only on God's. Lastly, Jesus responds. Look at verses 38 through 44. And he said to them, how many loaves do you have? Go and see. So they found out they five, and, uh, five and two fish. He commanded them all to sit down in groups on the green grass, they sat down in groups by hundreds and by fifties and taking the loaves and two fish, he looked up to heaven and said a blessing and broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples to set before the people. Verse 42, they all ate and were satisfied. They took up the baskets full of broken pieces and of fish and those who ate the loaves were 5,000 men. So what we know is this, that it was 5,000 men that are counted, but there were more women and children on top of that. So this was even more miraculous than 5,000 that were fed that day. And here's the two things that we need to learn from this. The first one is this, that Jesus takes the little and makes much. He takes the little and makes much. So what he did was he gathered what was there and they put it in the hands of Jesus. Here's the thing that I, I've, I've realized over the years. 
When I think that I have very little, God shows me that I have much more than I thought I had. I have much more than I thought I had. See, God has provided much more than I think. For many of us, we live in this scarcity mindset that there's just never going to be enough. And we can live in that mindset our whole lives. Or we can take the little that we have and place it in the hands of Jesus and say, Jesus, change my mind, change my heart, change who I am. And so that's what Jesus does is he takes the little and makes much. But secondly, it's this, that Jesus satisfies beyond physical satisfaction, right? It's not just the material blessings of we just got fed today, but it's so much more than that because verse 42 tells us that. It says, and they all ate and were satisfied. Commentator James Brooks says again, Mark probably wanted readers and hearers to think in terms of something more than physical satisfaction from all that Jesus gives. Right? It's not just the physical thing. And even as you heard the testimonies from people up here, it wasn't just the physical that was being fixed, but it's also the spiritual and all of these other things that are fulfilled when Jesus provides. And so quickly, let's end with two takeaways. The first one is this. Rest in what Jesus has done. Rest in what Jesus has done. Think about this. Jesus' disciples come up to him and they're telling him all the things that they've done. And the work was still not over. It still wasn't over. And Jesus says, you know what? You guys, instead of focusing on what you're doing, you need to come rest. You need to come rest. And that's the same thing for you and me. Here's the, here's the, the reality. Jesus is always the hero. Many times we want to put on the cap of, I'm the savior and I'm going to go try and save the world. I'm going to go do all of these things to, to fix the world. And what we do is we place the responsibility on our shoulders. But the, the gospel truth, the good news is this, that there's only one savior and his name's Jesus. And so as we rest in him, that's the first step. Because we will burn ourselves out if we think that we can go save the world. But the second part is this. Respond because of what he's done. Respond because of what he's done. Right? It's, it's hearing the good news. It's knowing the good news. But knowing that I need God's strength to go follow through on it. And so respond on what Jesus has done. True compassion grows out of a relationship with Jesus. As my heart starts to become more like Jesus and he starts to take me to those places that I'm like, I don't want to see that. But he starts to bring it to light, whether it be in your own life or whether it be in the world. You start to be a beacon of light in those places that are dark. You start to respond because you say, God, how are you asking me to respond in this place? Not to just overlook it, but to do something. Here's the good news today. It's that as Jesus looked down from the cross, instead of ignoring Instead of walking away, instead of doing everything that, that would have made sense, because even people shouting at him saying, hey, get off of that cross, because if you were really the son of God, you would get yourself off of the cross. Instead of leaving, he stayed. Why? It says, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. And here's what we believe as Christians. Here's what I invite you to if you've never believed in Christ today. 
is that this great act of compassion, the greatest act of compassion that the world has ever seen, as God died for you and me, it starts to change our hearts. And our hearts start to become more like his because of what he's done. Because of what he's done. And so what is the compassion of Jesus? Look to the cross. Look to what he's done for you. And let your love grow for him and it will grow for others. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you for today. We thank you that you ultimately have finished it. It is done. And so you are the light of the world. And I pray, God, that we trust in your light and what you've done and that your compassion fills our lives because, Jesus, you died for us. And so we can show compassion to others who need it the most, that are lost, that are hurting, that are broken. It's not just people in Ecuador. It's people in our city. It's people in our community. It might be even us right now that's sitting in brokenness. And so, Lord, we just thank you that when you see us, you have compassion on us. Help us to remember that good news today. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this resource from Grace City Church. If you found this helpful, feel free to share it and enjoy more resources at gracecitysd.com. Grace City Church exists to equip people with the gospel for everyday life.